0: This week on Dig Me
1: Out,
0: with your hosts Jason Ziak and Tim Minichi,
2: Jay. This week it's Halloween, Jay. We get we get weird nicknames to go along with with Halloween. So you're Jay, the um, I don't even know. I what's
0: what? Well, you <laughs> Where know, and
2: you know, people on Twitter, people. I would be Jason.
0: Their,
2: Jason. Oh yeah, you would be. We're
0: Friday the Thirteenth. I Come was on, gonna dude.
2: try to rhyme something with your last what's name. His last,
0: what's his last name? Voorhees. Oh, yeah, I'm Jason Voorhees.
2: Jason Voorhees Ziak. and <laughs> I don't know what Ida would be. There's there's no Timothy or Tim. That's. Uh,
0: there's got to be a serial killer named Timothy.
2: No, we're all pretty good. Jay. We're all <laughs> upstanding citizens.
0: Okay. I guess yeah. we did get into that with, um, Tim Casher.
2: Yeah, we did. Tim's are all pretty like laid back, kind of just cool dudes. You know, just want to, just want to hang, talk some music, that kind of stuff. Tim menacing Minichi. That's uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, we're here to talk about a record, Jay, that was suggested to us by Eric Peterson. He's been on the show many times. He's suggested many a records. He su- specifically wanted us to do this record, like he suggested it way back in the summer and said, hey, I'm I'm calling my shot here. You're going to do this. it's is going to be your Halloween episode. It's the Groovy Ghoulies, Jay. Ooh. And he picked
0: our Halloween episode last year too, right?
2: Yeah, the Misfits. Misfits. Yeah. But this one is actually landing on Halloween, this episode. So, oh. So last year it was a it was a day early, I believe. This year we're actually hitting it would probably be for the first time since our first season because that was seven years ago and there's seven days in a week and the weeks move one day per year. So, right? Is that how that works? How many times have we been around the sun?
0: I'm not sure how this <laughs> we... Oh, my God. You're making my head hurt. I
2: got to do some astral uh, projections here. Uh, we're doing the 1997 album. Thank you for picking an album from 1997. Reanimation Festival came out on Lookout Records. Jay, were you familiar with the Groovy Ghoulies?
0: Uh, I want to say that the name came up sort of in my late 90s uh, Swedish rock, garage rock time.
2: Sure, that would make sense. Frame. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but no, I, I don't remember ever listening to the band or really knowing much about them.
2: Okay, me neither. So let's give some info on this band. They're from Sacramento, California. Uh, They formed in 1983 and continued on through 2007. The uh, core of the band was bassist and vocalist Jeff Alexander, who played under the name Kepi, and uh, Kepi's wife, Rochelle Roach-Sparman, who was the guitarist in the band. And they were the the core of the band. They added um, a variety of drummers and uh, second guitar players. Unfortunately, Sparman and Alexander, who were married, ended up getting divorced. And that kind of put the kibosh, as they say, on the band. So that's why they ended up breaking up in, in 2007. So they did put out a a number of records between 1989 and um, 2007. First album was Appetite for Androchrome. That came out in 1989 on Crimson Corpse Records. 1994, Born in the Basement. 1996, World Contact Day, which was their first album on Lookout Records. Then the one we're reviewing, Reanimation Festival. 1999's Fun in the Dark. 2000, Travels with My Amp. Then they moved to Stardum Records and in 2002 released Go Stories in 2003 Monster Club. And then their final full-length was 99 Lives in 2007. And then in 2014, an uh, album was released called Flying Saucer Rock and Roll, which was their first three 7-inches remastered into a full-length EP. And then they put out a number of EPs and uh, singles over the years – as well as split singles with a variety of different bands, and they've been on a bunch of different compilation albums and and tribute albums to uh, a variety of bands. So, Jay, we need to welcome to the Patreon family Matthew. I'm going to slaughter your last name, Markinkowski, Markinkowski, Mar, Mars, blah. Mar- la- 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 la-
0: Welcome to dig me out. Welcome, it's where part I, of the yes, <laughs> where you get hazed by Tim because he can't pronounce your name correctly.
2: Marcinowski, Marcinowski, assuming the C is a soft C and not a hard C. It's it's jogging, Jay, not jogging, right?
0: That's right. Okay. Last I checked. Okay,
2: Jay. We didn't <laughs> get any comments on this particular episode. However, wow. Eric. Asked us to consider two questions. Jay, did you see those questions, or are these going to be new to you? Uh, they're new. Okay. What he do you said, got? He said, "Are there any tracks on the record that you might think enter your Halloween playlists?" So, Jay, when the when the trick or treaters come around, I know you like to pump out uh, various <laughs> tunes through your uh, electronic devices to scare the kids. Are any of the songs going to uh, make it to your playlist? That's going to be one question. And then, did you hear influences beyond the Ramones in the music? And we'll get to why that's a relevant question from Eric on this particular record. So, Jay, tell me one thing you liked about Reanimation Festival by the Groovy Ghoulies.
0: This was a fun listen. Uh, I enjoyed the simplicity of it for the most part. Mm -hmm. I think it's well executed. I think it's well done. I, I get what the band is about. I think they diverge in a couple spots, which we can talk talk about whether or not they're successful. But for the most part, they're a yeah Ramones influenced rock band. I think they spread their wings a little further than the Ramones did. Um, so sure. chunky guitars, really love the guitar tones on those two. I mean, for if you're gonna do music this simple, um, I don't know. I, I think you. Could, I, I'm a I'm a believer. You got to get the tones right because you're listening to you know. <laughs> a lot of e chords or you know yeah. and c chords so sure uh pounding and um i think they did do a good job of founding a finding a good good sound and engineering on the record where it's it sounds big it sounds uh powerful um it's got some grit to it but it's still um accessible i guess so, you know it's yep uh, they mix the vocals nice and loud so it's kind of got a pop in a way in it strange way it's got like a pop uh rock production to it and uh, without going overboard yep so yeah i just overall i, I guess what i liked about it is just fun like it's e- it's an easy listen um you get through the record pretty quick kind of a nice little like i don't know break i suppose if you're listening to stuff that's a little bit more serious or heavy or whatnot you know to kind of this is a nice little little mint mm-hmm. to drop in uh to your to your uh to your day and uh kind of puts a smile on your face, so I dug it. And I, and I like, um, in terms of the Halloween stuff, theme, I do like the some of the imagery when they go there, the sort of campy, monster movie kind of stuff that they drop in here and there. Um, I think they do it pretty well. I mean, I, some bands do it in a way it's kind of, like, what are you talking about? I, I can't relate to this and understand what, like, it's just kind of goofy, but I think the way that they use it, um, Graveyard Girlfriend I think is one It's a good example of And uh, actually the Zombie Crush I think are two where they They use it to kind of create some metaphors That are actually meaningful mm-hmm. um, Which is kind of fun So yeah quite a few things to like
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, it, just to circle back on what you just said about um, the songs that work well, those are two, and then also uh, that's that, which is a grand total of about uh, 35 seconds. <laughs> uh, has a great line. It says, uh, "I need you like zombies need brains." Mm-hmm. Just to you know, yeah. Just to, to touch on the theme of the of the record. Yeah, I think Eric brought up the Ramones. Obviously, that's a touchstone. I mean, yeah. You know for this band but what makes this so enjoyable is that it sounds good
0: yeah. and
2: so many bands try to do this but then they maybe have a terrible guitar guitar tone or the drums sound bad or they don't quite pull off the vocals or they don't have the hooks you yeah. know and this band is actually able to pull off all of those things yes they do sound like the Ramones but I mean like So do dozens and dozens of other bands that are playing in the same space. So what you need to be able to be successful is just come up with your own melodies, make sure your guitars sound awesome when you're hitting that E chord and make sure your rhythm section is competent and able to hold down the beat. And that's basically it. And it's, it's kind of funny about how many bands can't, Quite get all those things together, but they're clearly, you know, this was well into their career. There, there were, um, uh, what did I say, like four or five albums by the time this one came out? This are their one, two, three, this is our fourth album. So clearly, they found the sound and figured out how to record and write songs. And you know, all these songs are, are really tight, and um, there's a couple towards the end which are a little bit longer, but I was doing some research and those are actually covers so like um track uh the second to last song which is 409 to go home that's a daniel johnston song the last song on the record is actually a wilson pickett song if you need me so Hmm. there's a there's a couple a couple of the you know the longer tunes they're paying homage to people that they like but i mean most of these songs are like two minutes tunnel of Love, the opening track is a little over three um but it's it's a good opening track they build the song and yeah you really get the whole idea of what the band is and what the sound of the band is based on those 3 minute tracks uh three through five are like three minutes mm-hmm. to total so they're almost like a little suite of songs which is kind of cool but yeah overall in terms of the one thing I liked I liked the, the overall presentation of of the band the sound the their songwriting and their and their quirky uh, unique take on um, rock and punk and uh, throwing in the the horror elements. Of some like sort of classic scary uh horror punk uh inspirations they'd be I guess like nineteen fifties and sixties sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking like monster movie kind of stuff. Yeah. Zombies and Frankenstein and that sort of that sort of thing. I mean classic haunted houses and I I guess there's a Charles Manson reference on here somewhere, but Yeah. Um most of it is you know, more uh, using classic metaphors and imagery.
2: Now, was there anything that did not work for you?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's not a perfect record. So, uh, I guess another influence I, I heard, actually a couple, but one would be an influence and one would be a peer. The influence would be Chuck Berry. So, mm-hmm. Graveyard Girlfriend, I think, is very Chuck Berry-esque. Graceland is very Chuck Berry-esque, and to the point of sounding almost identical to Johnny B. Good at times. Well,
2: and obviously it's a little bit of a Elvis, yeah. Nod.
0: Yep. When they go to that, I mean, there's parts of it that I like, but overall, I think the songs aren't quite as good when they get that heavy into that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, I like when they vary just a little bit from the Ramones formula, and that could be from you know Tunnel of Love, where it's sparse for the kind of the first half of the song, and then they build things in, which is you know just dynamically just a little bit of flavor to make it. You know, different. Yeah. I really like the song Maze Effect, which almost to me sounds like New Order-ish in that there's this bass line that comes through and like all of these guitar melodies that are in that song and his vocals kind of distorted. To me, that song doesn't sound like much else on the record. I think Um, that
2: one's a cover too.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I like that and it makes me think that, to go back to what I don't like, you know, his vocal is a little tough i think he he, he he pulls it off but there are some times when it's you wish he had a little bit more there to, to do uh you know it's very nasally and yeah you know, there's not a ton of there's not a ton there to, for him to do with his voice um yep so when they do add a, an effect it, it it does help it a little bit to just vary from song to song i don't i didn't love the last song because it was a really like you could tell it was i didn't realize it was a cover but it's in that classic 50s style ballad style and those really those types of songs really need a pretty good singer So, like, musically, it sounds yeah. fine, and obviously the song is a quality song. It's a Wilson Pickett song, but just vocally, it doesn't quite work for me to to be doing that style of song with his voice.
2: What's funny is that when he gets real, like, nasally on, like, the more mid-tempo or slower stuff, the person he reminded me of was uh, Mark Olsen from the Jayhawks. Like, when he's not singing with Gary Loris... And they're not hmm. harmonizing. He has this like very high nasal voice that uh, kind of cuts through. Yeah, he makes it work. You know, Mark Olson makes it work. I understand what you're saying with regards to this. Like, I felt like evading the greys was a cool song, yeah. but like it needed him to either double his vocal or to have a female vocal doubling him. It would, I think, it would have sounded cool. But by himself, it sounded kind of thin.
0: Um, it's a really good song too like yeah. I think the chorus of that song is really catchy I mean it's so simple but the first time you hear it you get it and you're already in your mind singing along to it yeah. I agree just a little extra something on the on the vocal would, would have really put that song over the edge for me to into something really special but it's I enjoyed that tune quite a bit I had the same thought on the vocal
2: In terms of eric asked about who do we hear besides as far as an influence i mean if you strip away some of the distortion you hear you can hear like you know obviously you mentioned chuck berry and there are other like nineteen fifty like jerry lee lewis mm-hmm. would be there and then you could hear like the bubblegum pop of like the monkeys and mm-hmm. some of this stuff or even like the troggs who did wild thing You know, that kind of like simplistic three chord, you know, garage rock sound. Um, I don't know enough about uh, I know the other punk bands get mentioned like the Dickies, but I don't really know like the Dickies that well. But I saw them mentioned as being an influence on this band. But that's just not a band that I'm all that familiar with.
0: The band that would be a peer of theirs that I thought of a lot is the upper crust. Okay. Uh, Vocally, he. There's times when they sound similar because he sings in that same kind of obviously he's doing like a voice, but yeah. He's in that same nasally kind of register. Um, some of the simple, simplistic, you know, just hard rock riffs and tempos and even when they get like when the upper crust of the songs are a little bit less A C D C and more punky, those mm-hmm. are the ones that sounded very similar to me to them, which I didn't expect going in. But uh that was that was one band from the era that that I think I thought of the most.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, in terms of horror punk, I don't, that's not a a genre I'm all that familiar with. I know that the misfits are in that same sort of category, but there's not a lot for me that connects the misfits to this other than them being a punk band. Like to me, the misfits are playing in a different style. You think that they're, because to me, this is a little bit more like innocent, yeah. And the Misfits yeah. Se- seemed more like menacing to me.
0: Uh it's darker too. I think yeah. this is just I think this is on the f- more it's on the lighter more fun side. Like I put this on with my daughter in the car, right? And just right. cranked it and I didn't have to worry about it and thought, you know, she'd probably pick up on a couple things here and there and think it was kind of fun. But right. I don't know if I would do that with the Misfits.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Um so it's a little bit more accessible. It's it's dark in spots, but not in the same way, not to the same level. So, okay. Other than maybe, you know, borrowing similar types of imagery at times, but even the imagery is, you know, it's more cartoony. It's less comic book or serial novel. Right. <laughs> you know, it's the colors more. The cover of this record is, you know, it's got monster characters on it, but it's like colorful and. It looks like, you know, uh, off a cereal box, not, you know, kind of adult-oriented graphic novel.
2: Right. No, it looks it looks <laughs> like something you would watch as a kid, like on a yeah. cartoon or something like that. It, do, it doesn't look terrifying in that way at all. Whereas yeah. when you look at, like, Glenn Danzig and Jerry Only, you're like, oh, those guys are, are, are kind of scary.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and even like the you know the skull right. logo, it's just it's just a little bit darker, like you said. Yep. Whereas this, when I hear this, I'm like thinking of like the the Archies or something like that. Like it's sugar, sugar, <laughs> yep. almost. So even though they're clearly you know playing with a lot more distortion, but that's I'm surprised.
0: What... You know, what I'm thinking of now. I'm surprised there's not like this band of bands like this were almost before their time because. Like you could probably, if you had a band that sounded like this and had this kind of imagery and could kind of put it all together, I could totally see like a Nick Jr. show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, with cartoon characters and you know this kind of sound and um, the whole thing kind of working. You know,
2: I mean, in some ways, I don't know if you've ever, you probably are past this with uh, with your daughter, but Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They had a band. It was a pirate band, but it's and they were those guys were like punk rock guys who did that music. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense that what you're saying, like there totally could have been a punk rock, you know, based kid show around, you know, ghouls and and whatnot on Nick Jr. or Disney Jr. or what have you. Using a band like this as its, you know, songwriting, right, uh, core. So, yeah. Well, we need to get on the horn with uh, whoever's in charge at uh, <laughs> at Disney Junior and start and pitch our uh, our new I uh, our new um, Doc McStuffins style. <laughs>
0: uh, they do. I think they do. Didn't they just launch a new show of Monsters something or another, or maybe that's Netflix. I think one of the two has a new kids show that's like baby monsters or something. And it's in this ballpark. And I know my daughter plays with uh, monster high girls, which are like, right. The daughters of famous monsters or something. And so Is that like there's descendants? definitely, uh, she likes descendants too. It's, I, I guess it's the same concept, but different. I don't know. Not the but Alexander
2: that, Payne movie from starring George Clooney.
0: Right. But like my, that kind of stuff is big with kids. It's yeah, it's like just scary enough that they, you know, it's kind of fun, but not so much that it freaks them out. I mean, my daughter loves that kind of thing. Right. Makes them feel grown up or something, I guess. I don't know. But sure. Anyway, I think this band was ahead of the time. That's... They might have been more successful now than they ever, ever could have been in the 90s.
2: Yeah. If they had find if they had found a way to um... it's um just a matter of catching the ear of uh, somebody who's you know, making one of those shows and they, you know, really like that band or that sound or what have and, you.
0: And, and it's so visual. Like you could see like a zombie crush, you know, somebody doing a cool animated video for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that to be able to tell that story. Um right. I could totally work visually.
2: Yep. All right, Jay, let's give our overall ratings on this record worthy album Better EP, decent single. Where do you land?
0: We're the album. Yes. I like it. it's fun. It's so short too. It's hard to be critical of records that are you know this this concise. So worthy album for me.
2: Uh, yeah, it's only twenty nine minutes. I mean, there are literally EPs this long that are that are like five songs, and yep. this is twelve. So uh, I'm with you. I don't I don't have a problem with this record. I think there's a couple songs where I might have like we've mentioned with uh, Evading the Grays, maybe we would have produced them a little bit differently or, or added things here or there. But overall, it's a fun listen and a um, a great suggestion by Eric Peterson uh, to ring in the uh, All Hallows Eve here on Dig Me Out. We'll have to add some bats and a pumpkin or something to our regular logo for uh, the Halloween episode. I'll have to get into the uh, a Photoshop and... Manipulate our logo with some with some bad clip art. As long as, long as uh...
0: please don't do that.
2: <laughs> uh, so, uh, this is probably our. So I mentioned, you no, know, we did. We just did a request to review. Although this one was put in first, uh, this is technically, in terms of airing, our probably our last requested review because, looking at the numbers, we have. 27 patreon subscribers who will be having their 12 month anniversaries next year uh and then you add that into our 12 round tables so that right there let's do some math 27 plus 12 that's 39 and then we've got 10 uh votes for next year between february and and november we're going to have weeks where we vote for the albums, where we pick four albums from twenty years ago, and so that's ten plus thirty nine. That's forty nine. J, there's how many weeks in the year? There's fifty two. Mm-hmm. So there's only there's only three weeks that we don't have something planned for twenty eighteen. That's
0: cuckoo. Yeah.
2: So what I'm saying is, if you want one of those three weeks, it'll cost you ten thousand dollars to make a request <laughs> <for> review.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, we did we did discuss opening a, another tier up, but. If you're telling me there's only three slots left, I don't know. I Man, I guess we could still try that. But yeah,
2: they're they're the they're the gold uh, positions on our on our podcast. So actually, here's what we're gonna do: uh, if you want to buy all three spots, we'll sell them to you for one hundred dollars. What? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding.
0: No, no, no. Let me do the business.
2: Jay Jay will handle the business end. <laughs> I'm I'm merely the the uh, the grunt work on this. I, don't, I clearly don't have a good uh, handle on the math of this situation. So if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at iTunes. And of course you can join us. We still have the $1 Patreon level available at patreon.com forward slash dig me out where we do cool things like post bonus content. Like we just recently did our review and conversation on the new, Foo Fighters record, concrete, and gold. You can only get that exclusively through Patreon, which Jay has just added an RSS feed, so you can mm-hmm. easily...
0: For subscribers only.
2: For subscribers only. But get now accessed. you can
0: get those episodes right to your device.
2: Right. To whatever go on the device you're using.
0: Patreon page and look for the post, or Hit us up and we'll get you the feed.
2: Yep. And you also get to vote. Like I mentioned on uh, future album reviews, uh, we're done for 2017 because uh, nothing came out in December of 20 of uh, 1997. Uh, it's the it's you you know you think that a lot of people we put out records for Christmas, but actually they don't. They just put out Christmas records. So there's a, there's a a drought. So we'll be coming back to that in February of 2018. Our our voting, and then of course we do our quarterly contest giveaways to everybody who's a patreon subscriber whether you're a 250 or a dollar level subscriber you are entered into our quarterly contests i've already got prize number one there's gonna be two prizes for our fourth quarter of 2017 we'll be announcing that in november there are gonna be two very cool prizes that somebody's gonna take home so that's it for jason Voorhees, ziak and Tim Menacing Minichi. That still is just not good. Not a good Halloween nickname. We're out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.
0: Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash dig me out and become a monthly subscriber. Or request a review at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, as well as our merchandise store at Zazzle.com.